Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are reviewing a movie starring Matt Damon, directed by Tom McCarthy. That is Stillwater in theaters right now. Uh, kind of more of a indie movie, if you will. Not super indie because Matt Damon's in it, you know, but mm-hmm. not normally a movie that comes out right in the middle of summer. So um excited to talk about this one, though. This is definitely an interesting movie. And if you're always like, you know, uh, Hollywood just keeps doing the same stories over and over again. This one is a little unique. So which was nice. So I agree. I, I am willing to bet that I liked it more than you did, but it's very much my type of film. Also, when I was looking up the other things that... Um, Tom McCarthy has directed or produced or written. I was like, oh, no wonder he has done some of my absolute favorite films. Yeah, he's done a lot of great uh, movies, which we'll get into a little bit later on. So uh, we do have some news, though, and that does involve Matt Damon. The week this movie came out, there was some controversy about comments um, and, you know, talking to his daughter basically about something. And then this all the uh, news sites and, you know, movie websites and all that picked it up and it kind of got blown out of proportion a little bit. If you just read the headline, you're like, oh, that's not great. But then when you actually read the story, it's not as bad as like the headlines make it sound. It's a little clickbaity, like the headlines, all the, you know, Variety and Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and all those places used to talk about it. I have so many thoughts on this. Also, Jared, this is it's a good thing. This is not a Bachelorette podcast because some crazy stuff went down this week on the Bachelorette and I could talk for an entire hour about it. But back to Matt Damon. Yes. So, have you heard this thing about the baby who's like, yeah, the baby okay. made comments so, and then basically got kicked off of all these music festivals like Lollapalooza yes. and the Governor's Ball and all that. Yeah. So I don't really disagree with him doing that because I saw and heard what he said on the video, and it's like homophobic slurs all over the place, and it's yeah. false information about HIV and AIDS, and it's horrifying what he was saying. So then Matt Damon, I don't like what he said. However, it was definitely taking out of taken out of context. I read a great article where he was interviewed about it and he explains the whole thing. He was talking to one of his daughters. He has multiple daughters and he was explaining, he was saying something about a joke. It was a joke from the movie stuck on you, which I mercifully never saw because it looked ridiculous. And she got upset with him and she was like, you can't say that. And that's offensive to the LGBTQ plus community and all that. And I completely agree. I remember the F word being really popular when I was in middle school. It was not a word I used because I was taught from the get that it was not an appropriate word to use. So I didn't, but I certainly understood it was something in our culture. However, he even said like it was a line from the movie. And really the story went on to say how proud he is of his daughter and was like a way of explaining how great this next generation is because they're so much more tolerant and open-minded of different kinds of people and different ways to love and different ways to live. And I feel like all they focused on was Matt Damon has said this slur before. And I'm like, okay, I think most of my family has said a slur before. Like, I think, and I'm also really proud of him for being honest about it. Do you know how many people lie? Like, look at even um, Andrew Cuomo this week. Yeah. You know, 11 people have said he did this to me. And he's like, yeah, I never did that. And he's just deny, deny, deny. And then he's saying they misheard him. They did this. And he's in a position of power and real change. And in his community too and in the nation and then like matt damon he's famous but he's an actor that's completely different and he like came forward immediately and was like yeah i did say this i regret saying this this is what i've learned 
Yeah, he was like, so, he even said in his comments, like, this word was in some of my movie scripts, like, back in the day, you know, like, 20 right. years ago, some of the movies that I were in had this word in it, so, you know, but he did mention that, you know, we've advanced and we've, you know, un- come to a better understanding that we shouldn't be saying that and that it is offensive mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, so I thought the way he handled that interview, I forget who he sat down with or basically I talked to. I kind of think it was in Vanity Fair, but okay. I could be wrong. But I, think I know you I might read. be right. Yeah, and and I okay. So I will say this: I will admit that I am flawed because I really like Matt Damon. I'm very pro Matt Damon, so of course I'm going to be biased. But at the same time, I am looking at those other examples that I brought up from this week: Da Baby and Andrew Cuomo, and people are not really taking initiative to say they're sorry without being forced to say they're sorry, um, and looking at cold hard facts. And he was like, willingly shared the information, apologized. And there was a lot of positivity around the message, too, like about how great his daughter is and how proud he is of her generation. Like there were just so many positives to it, whereas these other instances I'm seeing in this clickbait mainstream media right now are not like that. So I I do recognize I'm biased and I like him. But if he had done what DaBaby did at that at the concert or whatever, I would be just as upset and honestly would if he had done the same, but he just, it was a completely different situation. Yeah, it really was. And all that kind of happened at the same time. So there was kind of all that got kind of like thrown in together as one, you know, like Matt Damon is the same as the baby, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like, they really were two different things. So, um, yeah. So that was basically all of our news because that, was involving Matt Damon who stars in this movie and that came out, you know, right as this movie was coming out too. So that was kind of the big story. Instead of the movie being the big story, that story was pretty much the big story with, which also infuriates me because I feel like this stuff is done on purpose. Like, Oh, this story just happened to come out this day before this huge box office movie. Yeah. And I feel like this, we'll get into it more when we talk about the movie, but this movie too, like his character the whole time is kind of like coming to that realization, like throughout the movie, like he starts off like very kind of like cold shoulder, cold shouldered and not really wanting to open up to anybody and then becomes understanding of like more cultures and lifestyles and things like that as the movie goes on. So, yeah. And I, I think right now is a very contentious time in in the world, really. And I think this movie did a good job of showing that. Um, but I also think that most people are capable of changing their views and stuff if they actually sat down calmly and talked to people like he demonstrates in this movie, which is one thing I really loved about it. Yeah. So we'll get into Stillwater here in just a few minutes. But first, we have some recommends. No corrections this week. Um, We've both started watching the second season of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus, their only good show. Um, You know, (laughs) they're lucky they found a hit there because I think a lot of people were about to give up on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I feel like the morning show is is hit or miss. Like yeah. that one I'm I'm still holding out for and I'm excited about it, but I feel like those are the only two. You're right. Yeah. So I feel like I've watched the first two episodes so far. I don't feel like it's as good as season <gasps> one, but season one also was kind of a slow start. And then a lot of the storylines picked up like three or four episodes in. So mm. I'm kind of thinking that might happen on this season too. Um, okay. So we'll see what happens. But I just didn't feel like the jokes were there in the first two episodes that were kind of 
in the first, you know, the first season was very funny, like every episode. And this season, I just felt like I wasn't laughing as much the first two episodes. So I mean, I am loving it. I was most upset because I got to the end of the second episode and I was like, wait, where's the third one? Because it started playing another show. And I was like, what's going on here? And I didn't realize (laughs) that they don't release them all at the same time. Because I waited so long to start Ted Lasso that the first season, everything was out and I could just watch it. Yeah. But I am really enjoying it. Um, I have not watched the third episode yet. Does that come out today? Tomorrow? Uh, it will come out tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm excited for that. I did get a lot of reading done this week, though. Nice. And I, I finished three books in this last week and all of them I would like to recommend. So, because they were all that good. My favorite one by far was Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. She is a best-selling author. She, I forget the other books that she's written, but if you're a, if you're a person that loves thrillers such as myself and you read as much as I do, you've seen the cover of some of her books. Um, I can even envision it now. I just don't know what they're called. But anyway, this book was so good. I could not put it down. I think I finished it in less than two days. Again, it's called Local Woman Missing. I won't ruin any of it, but it kept me guessing till the end. I was surprised by a lot of it. And it was just really, it was, uh, it, it, I'm trying to think, entertaining the whole way through. Yeah, yep. And then I also read Anna K. Away. Jared, I bet you won't be surprised. It's a book of the month book. Oh, boy. Um, shout out book of the month. So this, I actually talked about this last year because there was a book called Anna K. And it is this modern day retelling of Anna Karenina, but it's with high schoolers. And I remember I was telling everyone and their mom about it, how much I love this book. So this is the sequel. Well, I will say this one, the first book was super salacious. Like, I don't care as an adult woman, but I feel like for a young adult, because it's targeted for young adults, I feel like that would have been a lot, a lot to read at that yeah. age. Um, but I could be wrong. And also, I'm not a teenager in today's world. I was a teenager back in the day. So who knows? Um, but I will say this one was not nearly as salacious. And also, a credit to Ginny Lee, she did enough explaining in the book that if you hadn't read the first one and you just wanted to read this one, it still makes perfect sense. Oh, that's nice. So yes. a lot of them aren't like that with series. No. It's like, we're on book eight, but you got to start at book one. <laughs> yes. And I mean, there it, uh, the first book would definitely provide some extra context, but yeah. she did a good job of like explaining stories about like, oh, this person is this person's sister. And so okay. you, knew, you knew it was kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. Yes. And then without meaning to, because I don't normally read young adult books, but I also read a second one this week, oddly enough, because um, I'd seen it everywhere. People kept talking about it. It's called Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. She is super popular. She wrote Everything, Everything. Um, I think the other one's called The Sun is Also a Star. I have not read those. I think I might have read Everything, Everything. I've, I've read... I think maybe both of those okay, or at they, least they the sun both. is also a star. I read that. I know for sure. So I know that they were both supposed to be excellent. I kind of think I've read everything, everything I'll check my Goodreads. But anyway, this was excellent and it was adorable because it was about young, like teenagers. They're like 18 around that age. And I mean, I don't want to ruin any of it, but, but the, the girl basically gets kind of like special powers and she doesn't believe in love anymore. And so it's all about her finding love, but she finds it because she goes to a local ballroom dancing class and it's really cute though. Like I thought it was actually good about discussing like serious themes in life that we have to deal with, but, um, doing it in a way that's like, um, digestible for a younger audience. 
One thing I do, and I like to read young adult like fiction normally, not young adult fan. I'm mm-hmm. just not really into fantasy books, so I don't really read those a bunch. But one thing I do appreciate about young adult books is like a lot of the times they'll only be like 200 to 400 pages. So they're not nearly as long as like some regular fiction books sometimes, which I think mm-hmm. is nice because they, they're more concise and just get the story done quicker. So that can be nice sometimes. Agreed. And also, forgive me, I was wrong or I was right in my intuition. I did okay. read everything, everything. Um, but I read it back in 2017. So I'm not that surprised that I oh, had four kind years of forgotten ago. About okay. It. <laughs> yes. But I really liked it. Looks like I gave it a five star rating. Oh boy. Um, yeah. And I loved I loved this one just as much too. So it sounds like the only one I need to read is The Sun is Also a Star. Very nice. So I am uh, reading a book I'm sure you've probably read, uh, The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. <gasps> yes! Oh my gosh, yes. I'm jumping up and down. I'm about halfway through it right now. Uh, oh, if you don't wait. know, it's about the Chicago World's Fair and also about a murderer. There's like H.H. Holmes. Yeah, H.H. H. Holmes. There's like two running storylines. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio bought the rights to the book like 10 years ago. They haven't mm-hmm. done anything with it yet, but it's they're supposed filming to be it a, now, though. Okay. It's supposed to be, I think, a mini series now instead of a movie. Yes. So I thought, Jared, I am so surprised we haven't talked about this because I've been following this closely because I love okay. the book so much. Well, and also it's about a serial killer. So, yeah, um, the book is really H. H. good. Holmes, yes, H.H. Holmes was, they they think, one of the, like, the first, like, known serial killer or whatever. Along with, like, Jack States. the Ripper. Because, yeah. Well, like, in the, the yeah, Jack in the United Ripper States. The yeah, yeah. Yep. And the World's Fair was a great target and a good. He was able to hide things. Drew a lot of people to town. Yeah. A lot of people were in town. People were not paying attention to what that doctor was doing. Nope. Um, but it's so good. But yes, Leo is going to be in it. And then I believe Scorsese is directing it. I do know that like a lot of things fell through. I mean, Jared, you're much better at knowing, like being able to look at these things. Yeah. About what stopped the filming and all that. But I will tell you, it has been a complete mess and it was already a mess before COVID. Okay. So that's only made it worse, but I do know they had officially started filming it. Okay. Well, maybe that'll be on the screen at some point soon. I so. cannot wait. Yeah, the book's really good. So good. Uh, Eric Larson does a really good job of writing a story that took place back in the 1800s in a way that doesn't make it sound like it took place in the 1800s. Like, right. very right. conversational writing style keeps you interested. Sometimes nonfiction books will be like, and then Mr. Holmes took his cadaver, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is just so slow. So, he does his writing style I really enjoy. So there you go. That's our that's our recommends for this week. We'll move into now our review of Stillwater, released on July 30th. Did this movie get delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic? I'm going to say I, probably I yes. definitely think so. I definitely <laughs> so, think so. I'll try to look that up here in just a second and see if it did get uh, pushback. Um, it's rated R for language. I didn't actually know it was rated R before I went into it. I thought it was a PG-13, and then they started dropping the F-bomb, and I was like, oh, this must be R. So, because they're saying well, it more, I, they can say it in PG-13. <laughs> I was also surprised. Um, I'm not bothered by any of the the sexual content in the movie, but I'm surprised that wasn't listed as one of the reasons it was R, because it's talking about um, LGBTQ plus relationships, yeah, conversation about sex at the dinner table, things like that. I just I was like, well, that I mean, normally that's why a rating is a little harsher, yeah. but I don't yep. know. Uh, was supposed to come out in November of 2020, but got pushed due to COVID. So there's your answer on that. Uh, runtime is two hours and 19 minutes. A little long. We'll talk about that 
in a few minutes. IMDb score 6.8 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics 76%, audience 72%. So nobody's saying this is like the best movie of the year, but overall, people are saying this was enjoyable. So between all of those scores. So uh, box office wise, it's made only $6 million, which is kind of a flop for a Matt Damon movie. I think. Yes. So I looked that up today. I don't really know what's going on because I don't think that can be right. Uh, it might be correct. I don't know. I guess I could check and see. It's but... Not, but it's not. You can't stream it or anything, right? No, I think it is so just really, in theaters. So... That's very weird to me. But, but okay. yeah, came out the same week as Jungle Cruise. So I don't know if that had an effect on it. I don't know if the marketing had an effect on it. Yeah, it made $5.2 million over the the weekend so yeah that's it's probably right around yeah 6.2 now so yeah not that much for matt damon though if you don't know the synopsis is a father travels from oklahoma to france to help his estranged daughter who is in prison for a murder she claims she didn't commit and the trailers give you very big like taken vibes this is not that movie so no i had (laughs) i had so much commentary on that to add later on because (laughs) i i did think we were getting taken too basically i and it was nothing like that. No. Not, not at all. I, the nope. only thing in common is there's a father and a daughter in it. Yeah. Yep. That's about it. So uh, some critics reviews now. First, we have Raphael Abraham of the Financial Times who says, this is a man who has lost step with his times, but there is something touching about his earnest politeness and also something novel. When was the last time you saw a conservative blue collar dad in a leading role? And I would have to agree that just that character just doesn't get done much in movies or or TV shows. So next up, David Sims of The Atlantic says, McCarthy's excellent if sprawling script is more interested in the humans behind the headlines and the messy ways people try to reconcile their grief and guilt after indescribable trauma. Next up, we have Amy Nicholson of Film Week, who also works for NPR in Los Angeles, who says, this is a movie where I couldn't find my footing for a long time, but I found myself thinking about it a lot. You do think about it a lot after you watch it. It comes back you comes back to you a few times. And then finally we have Christy Pucho or Puchko of Crooked Marquee, who says structurally and tonally the third act is a challenge, but the longer I linger on it, the more I admire the risk taken by McCarthy. So I will say I was super strategic about these quotes because I felt like they really directly represented how I feel about the movie. Yeah, these are all very, I mean, these are kind of my same feelings on it as well. So it's directed by Tom McCarthy. You probably know him for the movie Spotlight, uh, also the station agent, and a few episodes of the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why. He's been nominated for three Oscars. He won Best Screenplay for Spotlight back in 2016, and he doesn't have any upcoming projects listed. So just taking the time off. (laughs) I know. I was surprised by that, but I also think COVID could have a lot to do with that yeah i wonder if like you know because all the stuff that was supposed to come out last year is now coming out this year or even Mm -hmm. next year it's like do they really want to make more movies right now because there's still a bunch of backlog of stuff to release so it kind of might make sense i feel like a lot is up in the air too about delta yeah um, as well so i think people are probably hesitating because even i mean i've even heard little murmurs around town and stuff where I, I even went to do a return today at the mall and I wore a mask because I was like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I'd rather yeah. do this than not. Yep. Um, so, so who knows? Yeah. Nothing on the radar for Tom McCarthy right now, though. So we'll take a break, come back, talk about the cast and our likes and dislikes for Stillwater. 
And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Stillwater, directed by Tom McCarthy, starring in the main role, Matt Damon. Ooh-wee, Matt Damon. <laughs> Thank you for that crush alert, Jared. He is one of my favorite people. I think we all know this. I've talked about it time and time again. He's like in that next decade with Tom Hanks. He is he is one of my top guys. Um, again, he plays Bill in this film. He is best known for Goodwill Hunting, The Martian, The Departed, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and the Jason Bourne series. He has been nominated for six Oscars. I did not realize he'd already been nominated for that many, but six Oscars for screenplay, best actor, best supporting actor, and best picture for Manchester by the Sea, Invictus, The Martian, and Goodwill Hunting. And in 1998, in one of the cutest acceptance speeches I've ever seen, he and Ben Affleck both won a best screenplay Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. Next up, he will star in a movie called The Last Duel. And also Thor, Love and Thunder. A lot of, uh, yeah, very storied career there for Matt Damon. And I saw a preview yes. for The Last Duel when I went and saw, um, I think Black Widow, maybe. I can't remember. Um, but it oh, looks good. Oh, you know good. what? I think yeah. I did, too, actually. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it did look interesting. It's like a, you know, medieval type movie. Yes. So. Which normally, normally that's not my jam. But if they're going to make it like a, a Knight's Tale, I'm all, I'm all in. Yeah. Yep. Next up, we have Abigail Breslin. She plays Allison. She is best known for Definitely Maybe, Little Miss Sunshine, Signs, and August Osage County. In 2007, she was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her performance in Little Miss Sunshine. Next up, you can see her in Saturday at the Starlight. And also, just you know, when I searched her name, like just to even pull it up on IMDb, there was an article that popped up immediately and said, considered to be one of the greatest actors of her generation. Okay. So, so high praise. I yeah. do think she's really respected in the industry. Yeah. I didn't even realize this was her in this movie until oh, after, until I the credits rolled. Definitely. Okay. I think it's though, I've seen her, I didn't watch Scream Queens, but I knew she was in that. Like okay. I've seen her fairly recently. I just don't recently. know if I have any, I mean, I guess August Osage County would be the last thing I saw her in, but that was like six years ago. So yeah. I guess I just but, hadn't seen her anything recently. I didn't know what she looked like. So yeah. And she, she also, I think another reason people really like her and I also respect her is she's a child actor who really grew up to just not really do anything silly yeah. or fall apart or. And she's still in acting today, which, you know, right. can't and be said for a lot of child actors. So yeah. Yes. Yep. And then lastly, we have Camille Cotton. She plays Virginie. She is originally from Paris, France. She is known for films like Call My Agent, Allied, and Dumped. Allied sounded familiar to me. I looked it up. It's a movie with uh, Brad Pitt. I haven't seen it, but I remembered seeing her in the commercial. Um, next up, we can see her. Jared, I'm pumped for this movie. We haven't even talked about this, but House of Gucci. Yeah, the, the trailer, trailer just came out. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and it looks so good. It does. Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto. Hello. You know yeah. what? All I need is fashion and a murder. That's what I quote it. Let's put there that. If we ever make merchandise, that's one of the t-shirts. All I need is fashion and a murder. Yeah. People will be like, is this a true crime podcast? Right. No. Nope. Like, also, is she okay? And then we just have a picture of Tom Hanks on the back. Just with a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, Tom Hanks holding a book of the month book. There we go. And he's being interviewed by who's our top critic? Who do we talk about the most? Oh, probably James Berardinelli. Yeah, Berardinelli. It's, it's obviously James Berardinelli. <laughs> so there we go. This is hilarious. For what people, a super specific t-shirt. <laughs> you know what, though? For people who've been listening to this podcast as long as we've been doing it, I feel like those people will laugh when they hear this. They'll be like, yes, yes, yes. I know this I will well. buy that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, House of Gucci also coming out November 24th, just Can't in case you were wait. wondering. That's Thanksgiving so, time. Let's do this. Yep. 
definitely an Oscar Oscar movie oh. right there oh, for I'm sure. In. So, I'm in. Okay, let's talk about our likes and dislikes for Stillwater. We've already talked about kind of the actors in this movie, but the acting in this movie is really solid. I mean, Matt Damon's always going to give you a good performance, but everybody is really good in this. The little girl that played Maya was really cute yes. and funny. Um, so cute. She was good. Um, you know, and there's a lot of uh, people in this movie that just do a really solid job in their roles. Some people that I hadn't really seen before um, or hadn't seen in a lot of stuff, but everybody really did a, a great job in this movie, which that's one thing Tom McCarthy's kind of known for is getting good performances out of like his ensemble cast that he assembles for, for stuff. Yes. And I completely agree with you. That little girl, I'm looking for a name cause I almost put her on here, but then I just thought like, you know, when does it end? Hold on. I've yeah. almost got her name. Yep. Okay. It looks like Lilo. Hold on. No, sorry, my computer. Uh, Siavod. So L I L O U, Lilo, okay. I think. Or Lilo. Maybe it's Lilu. S I A U V A U D. That kind of looks like a French name to me, but it definitely could not be French. Um, what I don't, I don't know. know. She what does I'm speak about. French and English in the movie. So, yes. I, but I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. Just forget I said anything. <laughs> also, the guy that plays Akeem, his name is Adir Azug- Azugli. What a cool name. Yeah. That is cool. So, well, yes, Jared, I do agree with you about the acting. I thought it was very, very good. Um, really, if there's of, of things to dislike about this film, acting wouldn't come anywhere near it. I was not bothered by the acting. I didn't feel there were minutes of overacting, which I think a lot of things we've watched lately, I've been either like overacting or bad acting. So that was refreshing. Space and then, Jam. Yes. <laughs> And then, so this is a couple, like, I have like a threefold kind of a thing here. So okay. we already, you and I already talked about or mentioned how we thought this was going to be like taken. I definitely did. And also, okay, I don't worry, everyone. You don't have to turn this off. I'm going to say the name Trump, but everyone stay calm. So I thought when I was reading about this film being made and heard Matt Damon talking about it, he kept saying he learned a lot about MAGA and Trump and, and supporters during his time and i thought well i don't understand is this movie about trump like yeah what's the connection here yeah yes and so this whole time like at the beginning of the film and halfway through and leading up to going to the film i thought it was either going to be taken or like an ode to trump and i i don't feel it was that at all i think maybe people were saying that because he seemed he appears to be a conservative gentleman Um, yes yep who fits that blue collar conservative lifestyle like that. that he works on an oil rig. Yeah. Right. Yep. And he, you know, he didn't vote, but he only didn't vote because he's a convicted felon. He's wearing a red hat through most of the film. I mean, there's, I get what they're saying, but if people are concerned about that, cause I kind of was, um, not to get political. I just didn't know that I wanted to sit through a movie like that. And I don't feel it was that at all. So no, it was a very good job of like, getting that point across that his Mm -hmm. character is, you know, of that political affiliation without it being like heavy handed. Like it was just enough to like make, you know, kind of, and it helps his character because you get to learn like his intentions and his motivations and kind of why he does the things that he does. Um, so that definitely comes into play there. Um, but I like how it wasn't just like, they didn't like force it down your throat or anything. It was just like, here's a subtle thing about this character that gives it some more, depth and some more relatability and things like that so yes and well and then lastly the other thing i had no idea this was it has been confirmed based on amanda knox what happened to her in italy so 
I was a teenager when that went down. So she she is older than me, but not by much. And I remember that happening. I remember it was horrifying. It's still horrifying. But I wouldn't say I was researching it as thoroughly as I would research something like that now. Um, and Tom McCarthy has even said, yeah, that was initially the idea, but this is not supposed to be a firsthand account or like, you know, like we're not reenacting what happened to her here. There are similarities. But I did want to tell people, if you were as interested in I was as the, at the film, like I have not stopped thinking about this film since I saw it a couple days ago. So I researched quite a bit just to see. There's an article on Yahoo Life. So if you go to in period style period Yahoo period dot com, there is an article about Abigail Breslin talking about her character and how she and Amanda Knox differ, how this whole story is like loosely based on what happened to her, but her character isn't like her in any way. And then also Vanity Fair, this is probably my favorite article. They have an article called Stillwater, how much of Matt Damon's new movie was inspired by Amanda Knox. What I love about this article is it gives a lot of like dialogue from Damon, especially saying, you know, this is why I was interested in it. And he talks about Amanda Knox's father and how the reason he was interesting, Matt Damon was interested in him. He was the most vocal supporter while she was in prison. And her family, I did not know this till I read this article. She had a family member in Italy with her that entire four years. Okay. So like they were there, they coordinated, like they took out second mortgages. They used life savings. They used up all their vacation, sick time, airline miles to be able to be with her, which is really pretty amazing. Um, and her parents divorced when she was little too. So I think it's even more amazing that they all like band together to, to be with her. Um, and then the last article that I really like was, um, it's on slate.com. How much of Stillwater is really based on Amanda Knox? This one was great because what it does is it gives like biographical details. It gives certain details, but it breaks it down and says, here's what we did in the movie. Here's what happened to Amanda Knox in real life. So I like that because it really does show that they differentiated between it. Um, and I bring all that up to say because I thought this was so interesting because rarely do we get a movie like this that's surrounded by such controversy, not only Matt Damon with the slur, but also just this story right now being brought up. And this week she announced she's pregnant, like in real yes. life. So that was also like all over the news, which good for her. Congratulations. Because apparently she had a miscarriage um, months ago and that in the middle of the pandemic. And that's devastating. And I really do feel for her. Um, but anyway, I bring all that up because... She's super upset about this movie and she's like, You're profiting off of my movie and this yeah, horrible she doesn't thing that like happened it at to me. All. Yeah. No. I will say, in her defense, if this happened to me, I would be upset too. But I will also say I'm totally in favor of this movie being made because it was really well done. They clearly articulated how this differs. I understand her being they even upset changed the character's name. Like the character's and, name is yeah, Allison, France, not Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. And it's France, not Italy. And Amanda yeah. Knox, we don't know for sure if she was ever in a relationship with Meredith Kircher that was murdered. But this one is very clearly like the daughter is a lesbian and she was in a relationship, a consensual. Like it, it, there's so many, there are differences. And either way, I don't think they made light of the situation at all. I think they took this very seriously and, and, pointed out problems like how horrible this would be if this happened in a time of life where you're just going to travel and enjoy your youth and you get accused of murder and also think of how graphic and horrifying to see someone that you were living with or in love with their dead body like yeah yeah horrible so i i understand her being upset but i think that 
movies are movies and that's why like it, people can do what they want i mean that's why we have the rights that we have in america so we can make films like this so anyway that's i i don't mean to harp on it too much it's just i was really interested in this movie because it was so engaging made me want to look up all this stuff and see what was going on and see both sides of all arguments also another like for this movie is it's kind of cool how there's like different cultures involved like matt damon goes to to france to try and like get his daughter out of jail while he's there he meets um the virginia character for genie um character and you know they form a relationship and that's how he meets maya and all that stuff they basically just live next to each other in a hotel for and that's how they meet which i thought was like a very natural way of like introducing that character to the story but it's cool how like he's trying to learn some of the customs of france and what they do over there um and also trying to like communicate back home to america as well and trying to adapt and and try different things and you know or in different cultures and customs and things like that. And a lot of that is done through the little girl too, Maya. Like that, yes. their scenes are a lot of the ones where they like, she's like, no, you don't do that here. You do this, or this is how you say this word or, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> well, and I know Jared, that you really said that really beautifully. I agree with you too, that Maya was the one that kind of like sparked a lot of that conversation and asked questions. I mean, she is little, so. I think she's nine. Don't they even say that? Yeah, I think she's nine years old in the movie. So she she's just curious and she wants to know about America, but she also wants to teach him French and they just learn so much about each other. And I know that part of that, that's a huge like of mine was them demonstrating different cultures and also just France. Like I can't, I can't help it. I don't love everything about the French, but I obviously have quite a passion for the language, learning the language and knowing their literature and all this stuff and all of their artistic stuff. But I think that this movie did such a good job of showing like very blatant differences that we hear about, but we don't get to see a lot, like especially lovers or like sleeping with people. It is, it is so different than America. Um, Not that we're still in the 1950s here, but in France, a lot of people don't get married or they're in, they're in committed relationships. They just, they don't get married or they're in open relationships or they're just a lot more chill is the only word I can think of to say about these things. Um, it's, it's not as high stakes. It's not as intense. Um, and they're just much more comfortable, I think with their bodies and their relationships. I mean, in a way that I, I envy and then things like smoking, like it's not like there's a big push over there to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, here, yep. People are like, don't do that anymore. Um, I'm trying to think what else it was just, it was interesting and they did such a good job of showing differences, blatant differences that we have versus France. And I loved that. Do you have any other likes before we move on to dislikes? Mm, no, I think that's okay. good. Thank you. Okay. Oh, wait, can I say oh, one? Yes. I'm so sorry, Jared. I'm so sorry. The Okay, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was there's a time where they let Abigail Breslin's character leave prison for the day. Yes. And we won't spoil everything, but she leaves for the day. And the lawyer person, she said, DePark, LaPark, LaPark, that's her name. LaPark, yeah. LaPark, she says that this is what they do to help reintroduce people to society. That stuck with me so much on the way home. I couldn't stop talking about it to Arjun because it reminds me so much of Shawshank Redemption and also what I've heard about what happens to people when they leave prison. Because we in America do not take time to reacclimate them to anything and we're just like, best of luck to you. Even if someone was like... And there for 25 years. Yeah, Yeah. 25 (laughs) years. And, you know, no matter what they did, that takes a toll on a human being. And it's, to me, a little inhuman to 
just release them into society and be like, best of luck. You have a parole officer. Don't mess up again. Um, and I think that's actually a big reason why we have a lot of people that have to go back in. Um, but it sounds like in France, and I don't know how this I didn't look up, but she explains that what they do is like once you're on good behavior, it's like once a month. Is it once a month? Yeah. She said like once a month, basically. Yeah. They get to go out and they have to be chaperoned and they have to follow protocols. But it's, I was just like, I really wish that's something we would consider. And I thought that was a really good, I think it was intentional that they showed that and brought that up in the film personally, yeah. but I thought that was great. So I wanted to point it out. So we'll move on to dislikes now. Um, this movie is a little too long. It's two hours and 19 minutes. It could have probably been an hour 45. Um, if they had cut out some stuff, the thing I would suggest cutting out is the grandma character. We didn't need her. She didn't have any relevance to the storyline huh. at all. Um, yeah. there's a That's whole a scene, really good point. Whole scene with her in the beginning where like her and Matt Damon are talking and then she calls her on the phone one more time and she's like, do you need money? Yada, yada. Like he talks to her twice on the phone and that's it. But she has nothing to do with the story. So I'm like, why is she, why are we wasting screen time on her? It just, you could cut 10 minutes right there between the grandma, the grandma Jared, scenes. <laughs> you blow me away. Cause I also thought the movie was too long. I think it could you have probably been. Forgot been. about the grandma. Cause she wasn't well, relevant. I did it. Her name is Shirley. I mean, yeah. she was cute. She had an oxygen tank. Um, like I understand why her character in general to Abigail Breslin's life was important, but I completely agree with you. None of those scenes really needed to happen. You could have explained that with words. Like Matt yeah. Damon could have been like her grandma raised her. That's the way it is. Grandma's back home. Right. You know, grandma's excited to see, to see you. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that. And there were just a couple. Gosh, I'm, I, I honestly, uh, I love. So Virginia is an actress in the movie as well. And, you know, I love that he went to go see the play. I think there were moments of that where maybe we didn't need to see it or it didn't need to be as long as it was. Like we didn't yeah. need to watch as much of her play as we did or. You know, he could have they could have not shown the play and they could have just gone to dinner. That scene where Matt Damon's talking to her and said, yeah. I didn't understand or I really liked this. Um, or maybe so we I didn't need you. to see, you know, 10 minutes of the soccer game before the whole reason that we're at the soccer game in the first place occurs. Yes. You know, like I, I feel like it just <laughs> it, it just could. It was too long, but I, I clearly liked it more than I think you did. But I do think it was too long and people need to know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another dislike. This movie kind of butchers the third act. It just doesn't know what it yeah. wants to do. And it's kind of like, blah, here you go. Because uh, it's trying to wrap up these storylines. But like, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler territory now. But like when um, Abigail Breslin's character, Allison, gets out of jail, it just doesn't seem like there's like a lot of like emotion there. And then she gets back to the U S and the Matt Damon figures out that like, she was the one that ordered the hit on her, you know, girlfriend slash roommate. And there's not really a lot of like emotion there. And even when like Maya and Matt Damon have to leave each other, like there's a little bit there, but I just didn't really feel much during that part either. So I just thought the ending of this, it's such a long movie that like the ending sh probably should have been better and like wrapped up in a bit and like spotlight, which Tom McCarthy did has such a, like an emotional and impactful uh, last, you know, 20, 30 minutes when they're like figuring out all these priests committed all these, you know, sexual assaults and abuses against all these children. And they're like breaking the story and printing it and all that. So like, that's very exciting. This movie just kind of like stutters to the, to the end. 
I agree with you about the third act. I didn't know that while I was watching, I thought it was a mess. But I think that one thing Tom McCarthy does well is what you said about he's so good at playing to people's emotions and making sure there's a connection between characters and the family element. And I think that this movie was wonderful at that. So I know we're talking about dislikes, but I think... It almost, I would have been fine with this film if there wasn't a murder, like if she wasn't in jail, if none of that even happened and it was just talking about him going to France and learning about another culture and kind of becoming more open-minded. Like to me, that was more engaging than the story about this possible murder that might've taken place. And also when you brought up what happened, because I didn't know if we were going to tell people like what happened, I'm fine, (laughs) but I could see how Amanda Knox would be really upset about that because at least this, the guy Rudy is the one in real life that was charged with the murder now. And he's the only one that's like attributed with the murder, but I could see how if she had seen this movie or heard about it and heard about the outcome, she might be more upset because she's saying, well, everything else was like my story. So now they're saying I paid someone to kill. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, I agree with you that the third act, I just felt like it went on too long and it didn't have a really solid purpose. And I do, I agree with you too, because I think Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin were great at the acting, but I felt like it was more the dialogue and stuff at the end. I don't feel like they connected very much. It was kind of almost like strangers, which maybe that was intentional because they aren't seen each other in a while yeah i mean like yeah. they spent limited time together so maybe they yeah i don't know right. so right another dislike um is that the whole plot for this movie is a little outrageous like matt damon goes to france to see his daughter was only going to be there for two weeks stays longer moves in with a french lady who he had just met becomes close to their daughter gets a job as a construction company making enough money hires an investigator to like it's like okay like all these things had to go right for you like for this to happen it's like you know you could have very easily said well i'm out of money i gotta go back to the u.s so i mean for me the him finding a way to live wasn't preposterous i i was the one i used the word preposterous for the film because i i think elements of it were i'm not that surprised that he decided to stay i don't think it's weird that he moved in with virginia because at the beginning it really was like a roommate arrangement she had the space and i think they set it up to where she looked like she needed the money yeah so that wasn't weird to me i did wonder i kept wondering because the fact that he doesn't have a lot of money came up multiple times in the film that their family just doesn't come from money. And I was curious how his apartment back home was still there, which then we find out it's a trailer, I think. But at first I thought it was an apartment and I was like, is he paying for that? Did he pay it off? Like, like a lease, break a lease. Um, I just wasn't really sure. So that actually gave me pause for a minute. The thing I thought was the most preposterous was that, he could first of all knock somebody out and get them in a van and then also knock it caught and the cops would just be like well there's no evidence i guess we'll let you go whereas i feel like a lot of people wouldn't let that go um yeah. and the fact that where he was keeping the guy that there i'm sorry this is spoilers left to right but i figure people know that at this point um but i feel like i was surprised that there was no blood or anything in the basement it looked like it was as clean as people just moved in they've had a cleaning crew come in it looked like no one had been there in years. And yeah. that seemed preposterous to me. That, and you also that don't he would like, get away with that. You don't like find out what happened to that character. No. Like, did no. he escape? Did he let him go? Did he? Right. What? And I kept thinking, like, is this guy going to retaliate and go after Matt Damon now? Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, that he's was... capable of killing someone. So 
Yeah, that was odd. Also, uh, kind of outrageous that Matt Damon's in France and he's going to eat Subway and like uh, McDonald's. You know, I mean, to I me, that it. seems like his character, though. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree with you. I was like, blasphemy. But at the yeah. same but time, he, I was once like, he well, moves that's in. Him. Once he moves in with her and, uh, you know, Maya, he it's like, like he, he gets, a, yeah, he gets yeah. like accustomed to some more French, uh, cuisine. Oh, yes. So yeah. yeah. Yep. So, okay. Agreed. I don't think I have any other dislikes. Um, uh, just, the, I mean, we already talked about politics a little bit, but yeah. they do yeah. like bring it up a lot and you're kind of like, what does this have to do with the story? <laughs> yes, because I, I really, I am glad that you mentioned that because it, I wasn't, uh, it's not like I was in disagreement with a lot of it, but I was also like, this seems like blatant agenda pushing. And if this is like Amanda Knox, this wasn't happening then. And also like, what does this have to do with the story? Like I, we get, he's conservative. He probably would have voted for Trump, whatever, moving on, moving on. So that just, that was weird they to bring me. It and it up came like up so many times, three or four times. Like they bring it up with like the grandma and they bring it up with, uh, yeah. Virginia's friend and they bring it up like yep. another time. And, and Virginia's it's like, friend, when she said the name Trump, that took me out of the movie. I didn't feel like I was yeah. watching a movie anymore. I was like, Oh yeah, that happened. Oh, this is set like in I, present day now. Okay. Well, yeah. And I just, I was, I was like, oh now i can't even focus on this movie because all i'm thinking about is that yeah yep so yeah yes okay well that's all of our dislikes for Stillwater. overall a pretty enjoyable movie so mm-hmm. we'll give our grades now i think you it's went you. first last time yeah what am yep. i gonna grade this at um, oh i already have mine if you want it i'm gonna give this a 73 out of Ooh, 100 right. so okay not my favorite not the worst thing i saw this year by far uh pretty mm-hmm. solid but really i think where it loses points for me is it's a little too long and then the ending just wasn't as impactful as i had hoped i really liked everything up until like the last 30 minutes and then i thought it just kind of like fell apart there at the end so <laughs> so i actually did really like it i'm gonna give it an 88 okay but Okay, there were a lot of things that I love thriller type movies. I love Matt Damon. I love the French. I love that there was so much French in this movie. Like all of that made me very excited. Um, I loved the emotional elements. I loved the family connections. Even if they had really complicated, complex relationships, I loved that. And I thought there was a really good backstory and it was all explained well. Um, so I liked it a lot more than you did. I'm not I'm not surprised by that, but I definitely think that it could have been shorter that it was a little bit messy. Um, and that I also just hated the marketing because like this wasn't taken. I mean, it looked like it was an action movie. Film. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what in the world? It had nothing to do with that. So anyway, um, 88 for me, I pretty much, I really enjoyed it. I will say that. Nice. Also, uh, I, I pulled up my letterbox right now just to see, I have it kind of in my middle on my rankings for this year, but if you uh, want a fun little thing, go look at the poster for Palmer with uh, Justin Timberlake and then look yes. at this poster. It's basically the same <gasps> poster. It is because he's looking behind his shoulder. I can yeah. They're just right facing now. opposite directions, but they both yeah. have green shirts on hats and there's something happening in like the background. They're both so. white men with blonde-ish hair. <laughs> yeah, they both have mus- the same style mustache and like beard wow. going on. So creepy. That's funny. Yes. Wow. So that's our grades for 
Stillwater. You can follow the Silver Screen Podcast on social media, Podcast Silver on Instagram and Twitter. Just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and you can find us there. Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen. That really helps us out. And then our next episode will be a movie that I know Katie has just really been looking forward to this one. It's uh, The Suicide Squad. So not the one that came out five years ago, the new one that is releasing. So they're trying to like reboot it. It's getting good reviews right now. It's directed by James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy. So Isn't he in hot water? He was, yeah, and then he yeah, we'll probably talk about that more next week, but there's definitely wait. some controversy with him. I'm, so I'm, I'm just saying I'm hesitant for this film because I didn't see the first one and I don't want to watch the first one. So I'm flying blind at this one, but I will let you know and I am excited. I'm eager to challenge myself and hopefully I will really enjoy it. So that will be our next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast talking about the Suicide Squad. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.